Star Wars 7x7 episode 795. Today, it's our first of three looks at Star Wars year by year of visual history, updated and expanded, and we are looking at a very long time period from 1914 until 1983. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and man, oh man, this book is ridiculous. It's Star Wars year by year, a visual history, and it is a history of the franchise itself, and it is also cast in the light of world and historic events that are happening in and around the time period of the franchise, but not just the franchise, as the whole 1914 thing I said at the top might suggest. It's actually all the way through George Lucas's life, quite honestly, and the influences that affected him even leading into the creation of Star Wars. Now, naturally, some of this ground has already been covered in the past, not just in the previous version of this book, but in other books as well, and possibly most recently and very well done by Chris Taylor with How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, which covers, among other things, the genesis of Star Wars itself and Lucas's life building up to it. That being said, DK Publishing brings a whole different sensibility to the ball game. They, of course, have the advantage of doing a lot more visual integration with the story that they're telling, and they're also doing it in little bite-sized chunks as opposed to the longer narrative treatment that you get in How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. And the book itself is divided into six sections. There's a life before Star Wars, which is part of what we're talking about today, and then an original trilogy time period section, which is also what we're covering today. In the subsequent episodes of the podcast where we talk about this, we're going to talk about the between the trilogies period and the prequel trilogy period, that will be on tomorrow's episode, and the Clone Wars and Beyond and Star Wars A New Era period, that will be on Thursday's episode. But the fact of the matter is that three days is not nearly enough to talk about all the delights that are in this book. The Life Before Star Wars thing is a really amazing visual picture of the inspirations and influences that Lucas had in creating Star Wars. And some of them seem a little bit strange on first look, but then when you start to piece the whole thing together, it creates an incredible tapestry. And I think we all forget just how old George Lucas is. And I mean that in a nice way, actually. I know that sounds a little strange. He's 72 years old, but that means he was born in 1944. And that's still during World War II, for Pete's sake. Growing up in the late 40s and early 50s, that's such an incredibly different world from the world we live in now. And the section that leads up to before Star Wars, which is 1914 to 1972 is very well steeped not only in Lucas's own biography, but also with a lot of the pop culture and technology advances, such as they were, of that time period. There's an image from Gertie the Dinosaur, which was an animated film by Windsor McKay, which premiered in Chicago in February of 1914. Of course, Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers get name-checked in here, as well as Hopalong Cassidy and Howdy Doody, Elvis Presley, Walt Disney... You name it, it's in here. And it paints a picture of the world that kids of the 40s and 50s grew up in. And it's an interesting melting pot that George Lucas was exposed to growing up. And then, of course, the 60s countercultural revolution hits. And there's a lot of historical stuff that's documented in here, along with George Lucas's growth as a filmmaker as he gets into USC film school. 
and then it dives in with some tremendous detail to the original trilogy time period, which they flag as being 1973 until 1983, because 73, of course, is when Lucas decided to start developing his space fantasy project, The Star Wars. Yeah, it used to have the word the in front of it. And the memorabilia images they have in here are just utterly remarkable. There's a page from his handwritten fragment, Journal of the Wills, Part 1. So you get his handwriting that says, this is the story of Mace Windy, a revered Jedi Bendu. All of that stuff. And the first page of the 10-page handwritten treatment for the Star Wars. Unbelievable to see this stuff. So there are all sorts of pre-production images and photos, paintings by Ralph McQuarrie and sketches by John Molo. There's a great set on the premiere of Star Wars at Grumman's Chinese Theater and the fact that the only reason it was there was because William Friedkin's Sorcerer was delayed and so that's how it ended up there and that Lucas was actually across the street in a shop and saw limousines pulling up. Hugh Hefner's entourage showed up in limousines to watch the movie twice. And it gets into the stuff about the production of Empire and about Jedi. You've got stuff like the novels and the comic books talked about here. You've got action figures. Uh, they've got a collection of the famous Christmas cards that Lucasfilm used to send out, which is a really neat thing. There's a quote about R2-D2 from Richard Marquand that actually made me really laugh hysterically. Richard Marquand, of course, being the director of Return of the Jedi, he says R2-D2 is probably the most egocentric, wild, headstrong, and trying piece of machinery that any director could ever be cursed with on a set. I love that. I think the only thing that I was particularly sad about in retrospect was just with quotes like that, I wish I had seen a lot more of those sprinkled through, and, you know, that's quibbling over small matters, quite honestly. It's a tremendous book so far, beautifully done. I'm so grateful that DK Publishing was kind enough to send me a copy of this to check out and to share with you on the podcast. I'll be sharing more tidbits from the Between the Trilogies period and the Prequel Trilogy period with you on the podcast tomorrow. And I've got trivia still for you to talk about as well, but we'll get to that after the break. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, here's that trivia question I promised you. Red squad, blue squad, take my lead. I'm on it. Mirama team. Last time I asked you what two objects FN2199 threw down on the ground before he fought Finn with his riot control baton, and those were his blaster and riot shield. Today's question, what rank does Poe Dameron hold in the resistance? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get separated from your master in a lightsaber duel, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not Darth Maul sliced in half, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.